Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give you guys a bit of context on what a low buy year is because I forgot to have that conversation with Christina in terms of talking about what a low buy year is. So a low buy year is where you are essentially very, very intentional about where you are spending your money and you choose to spend very little amounts on certain areas of your life, whether it's items or experiences, etc., that may be distracting you from your financial goals. So you are setting rules around how you spend your money and you're trying to spend as little as possible in certain areas so you can use that money towards your financial goals. And a low buy year is similar to a no buy year where in a no buy year, you choose only to spend money on your essentials and you spend no money at all on your non-essentials or you try not to. So Christina embarked upon a low buy year and that's what we're talking about in this episode. Enjoy listening. Hey, Christina, third time's a charm with this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So we've been having audio issues, but we're making it work now. So welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast, Christina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am excited to have this conversation with you about how doing a low buy year changed your life and your relationship with money. I love your story and your journey. I follow you on YouTube, which is how we connected about the podcast. And Mm -hmm. I really can't wait for you to share how this whole process has changed your life. So before we dive in, please tell everyone who you are and what you do. Hey everyone, my name is Christina. I am a content creator on YouTube and Instagram, I guess now on TikTok, trying to figure that out. So my handle is Christina Mychas, so M-Y-C-H-A-S. And I talk a lot about minimalism, mindful spending and intentional living just because I was out of control of my stuff and my money for so long. And through all of those sort of value systems was able to kind of get a handle back on that. I love that. And for those of you who are not familiar with Christina, we're going to link her YouTube channel in the show notes and you have to check out this channel because it's so inspiring and motivating. But let's get into your story. And I'd love to know what prompted you to start your low buy year. Did you start feeling overwhelmed with your finances? Was it something you stumbled upon? How did you get it into your mind that, you know what, I'm going to start a low buy year? So for me, I think it was a combination of all of those things. I was never really good with money. I had a lot of fear and anxiety around money, but always thinking that I needed more and that more would be 
the answer to any of my problems. I was also, I would say a full on like shopping addict. And at the time I was very focused on like fashion and up and coming trends on Instagram. So I would often use that account that I was trying to build as like an excuse to shop. And I realized that the shopping was becoming pretty much anything I ever did. It was like, it was my hobby. It was the way that I passed my time. And it was something that I was doing like every single week. And on top of that, I was also in a boatload of student loan debt. I'm a pharmacist full-time as well. So that's a very expensive schooling to go to. So on top of my mismanagement with money, my impulse buying, my looking to like relieve boredom and anxiety with within shopping. I was just realizing that I was self-sabotaging my whole future because I knew I wanted all these things. And I had a vision of myself for my future. Like, you know, you envision by like 30, you'll be at this kind of stage in your life. And I just felt like I wasn't getting there. And I was starting to realize that I think it had a lot to do with my relationship with money, my relationship with stuff and things and shopping. So I just remember kind of feeling like I was just done with that. I've had enough. I realized I need to start taking control of my money and my impulses. And I think I pretty much Googled or like YouTubed how to stop shopping. And this low buy year started coming up. A lot of people were doing it and going mm -hmm. on like shopping bans. And for me, it really resonated. I felt like it was like a good place for me to start, to start getting a handle on that and eventually turning that into learning how to manage my finances. I love that. And, you know, I've done a low by year with one of my best friends a few years ago and we That's amazing. really strict. We gave ourselves 30 things that we could buy, including underwear. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, the like, year. that's hardcore. I love it. <laughs> and I think I did like, I ended up with like 37 mm -hmm. and she ended up with 23. So she won the, <laughs> the challenge, <laughs> but it's, you know, I think it's something that everyone needs to do, a, even if it's just to give yourself a break, right? Yeah. Just give yourself time to think through and your process of going through your low by year, the way you've documented it on YouTube just really shows that it gave you an opportunity to do a lot of inner work, right? Around yeah. how you spend your money, why you were spending money. Can you share more on what you have been able to unpack from this journey so far, starting the low by year to help you curb, to stop shopping, but then mm -hmm. realizing that there was so much more? Yeah, I think for a long time, I just didn't know myself. I think I used shopping to maybe try to find out who that was. But within that, like, cause my, my vice kind of product, I guess was clothing. And I was very invested in like curating personal style. And I thought that mm -hmm. my personal style would be a reflection of who I was. And I found that kind of the more I shopped, the further away from figuring out myself I got. And the thing with shopping is like I would use it as an excuse for everything. Like I would shop when I was happy. I'd shop when I was sad. I would shop when, you know, people were having fun and wanting to like YOLO a little bit and be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Like it was pretty much centered around everything. And I realized I just like, I didn't know myself. So when I took that away, I started to figure out like, how do I spend my time? Like, what do I like to do? What do I really enjoy? So it was a lot of... Yeah, it was just definitely a lot to, of getting to know myself. And then within that, I think a lot of confidence started to build from there because 
I think it's difficult to find your confidence when you don't even know who you are to begin with. And when you're using all these different things to mask that. So that really started to come through for me. Wow. And you know, there's a video that you did. I forget, I forgot what it was titled. I think it's called why you can't stop shopping or why you keep shopping. Mm -hmm. And you talked about reasons that you identified on your reflection of why you shop or why, why you are shopping or why people may be shopping. And there are two things that you said that just really stood out. One of them was just the, and I'm not, I, I can't remember your exact words, but, it's, but it was about receiving the package and mm. that influx of like hormones or whatever it is that makes you so happy to get this package in the mail. Even if you just take that thing, you push it to the side five minutes later until the next package arrives. Yeah. You talked about the silent flex. Oh yeah. <laughs> which I'll have, I'll let you explain what that means. <laughs> so yes. Oh, so that video was other reasons why like motivations to shop. So uh, other reasons I felt like feeling productive, feeling like I had something to do, feeling By like browsing. Was, yeah. Or just spending money in itself. It's kind of just like, oh, you know, I've put my hands together and I accomplished something for the day. But the silent flex, yeah, man, I don't know. It was especially like living, I come from like a smaller town. So moving to Toronto, like Toronto's like the big city here in Canada. And I mean, when I moved here, I'm like, I don't know what Chanel is. I don't know what Gucci is, but it seems like a lot of people are wearing these things. So it must mean that they're successful and important. So for me, I started to get quite a fixation on these like luxury brands, even though I definitely couldn't afford them or I was like stifling my own wealth building potential by chasing after these things. And a lot of it was out of the motivation of if, you know, somebody happened to walk by me, then they could identify that logo and be like, oh, she paid a lot for that. So she must have her like, can I swear? (laughs) She (laughs) She must have her shit together. So it's like how... I wanted to use these sort of status items, these symbols to tell the world that I had it together when really I realized that for me, it was a straight up lie Mm -hmm. because those things were bought on credit. Some of these things cost like half your rent sometimes like um, they're not cheap. No, they (laughs) are not. (laughs) They are not cheap. So it's like you look good, but I'm walking around completely broke. But getting acknowledgement from a stranger, like that's what I was looking for. So for me, the, yeah, the whole, the silent brag, I mean, that was such a realization I had in my reflections. It's just like, it doesn't, I don't know. Dave Ramsey talks about it. He says something like big hat, no cattle. I don't know. It's like, you you look good, but there's no money. So that to me was like, it was kind of That was a big realization to me, for sure. Yeah. And that's, a you know, when you stop and think about it, I think it's a lot to think about. It's a lot Mm -hmm. to reflect on, especially as individuals, because I personally believe there's nothing wrong with the items, right? No. Like the designer stuff, it's great. But I think everybody has to reflect on if they can truly afford that thing and why they are buying that thing, right? Is it because you actually really like it and you're going to use it or because you want to silent flex and you're buying on credit and like, you know, (laughs) there's a lot to unpack here. And so I love that you shared your personal perspective, thinking through that silent flex, thinking Mm -hmm. through spending money to be productive because everybody has to do that at one point or the other so that when you're carrying your designer bag or you're wearing your Gucci shoes, you have peace of mind <laughs> yeah. regardless of what people think about you that, you know what, I pay for this. I can afford this. I'm not in debt. My finances are in check. That's yeah. what you want to feel, right? So yeah. 
so many amazing things. We'll link that video in the show notes as well. It's such a good one to watch, but let's talk more about the details around money. So if you don't mind sharing, how much debt did you have in total? What was it? And how much have you paid off so far? I had over $120,000 of student loan debt. I never really carried, like I used credit cards and all that stuff, but I never really carried a balance. But I mean, I was still living, definitely like feeling the strain and living paycheck to paycheck because the rest of my air quote disposable income was going to stuff and things rather than working towards my student loan. And when you're in that much debt, the minimum payment that you have to pay every month is it's straining. It's difficult. And I just felt really stuck and frozen and like I couldn't move because of that student loan debt and because I was just spending all my money elsewhere. (laughs) So it was just like going in circles. So yeah, so it was minus 120,000 and I was on a trajectory for it to take probably like 15, 20 years for, for me to pay it off. And I just recently paid it off. So. Oh <laughs> I know the last yeah. time I saw something of you on YouTube, you had like 30 something thousand dollars. Of, oh yeah. my God. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's I mean, so exciting. I think, I don't know, depending on when this, when this podcast come out, I'm going to, I have an announcement coming, but since this is ahead, <laughs> depending on when this goes live. So oh, your announcement will probably go first. That's so yeah. amazing. Listen, I've been on this journey with you. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you so I feel much. like I just want $120,000 price. <laughs> that is Thank amazing. You. Wow. Thank you so, so much. You know what? You said that your debt would have taken you 15 to 20 years to pay off. And that's yeah. based on what your lender had said. If you make this minimum payments, this is what you can pay off. Mm-hmm. And I love that you had that shift around, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this low by year. I'm going to address my finances head on. I'm going to stop. Yeah flexing or trying to flex and focus on paying off this debt. So how long did it take you to pay this off? Um, Living paycheck to paycheck to now being able to pay off your debt in its entirety. It took me in total about six and a half years. So for the first three and a half, four years, I was basically like just barely doing the minimums and just kind of like, yeah, I mean, whatever, it's going to take this long. I can, I can go on with my life. So when I really just committed to paying off and getting out of debt, the rest of it kind of, it was about, I'd say like the last two and a half years was when I really started getting aggressive. Like every penny I had left would go on the debt. So I'd say about two and a half years to finish it off. So that was, yeah. And do you mind sharing what your income was? I'm a pharmacist and I do work full time. So that was about 113,000 Canadian a year. Okay. And then I was making a side hustle income from my YouTube channel and my Instagram. So that really did help supplement a lot. Yeah. But you know, it's great that you have the, I guess I'd call it high income, but that doesn't mean anything because there are lots of people who have high incomes who you could have been buying the latest handbag. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Speaking of handbags, I've been yep. seeing the Fendi first everywhere. You can buy the Fendi first and whatever else is trending, Tega. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Spending all that extra money buying all those handbags, but you decided yeah. to put all that money to paying off your debt. So I definitely yeah. commend you. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. And 
now that you have paid off this debt, how did this experience change your mindset and your attitude about money? I think it just made me really understand the value of the work that I have to put in to earn this money. To me, it really, because I think I was a walking example of this. It's not really how much you make. It's how much you spend and how much you keep and how you spend the money. So I was spending it on every which way, except but just my, I think I just got my values out of order where I valued clothing and going out to restaurants and doing all these things, but I didn't value my own future and like how I was going to fund my retirement or if I ever needed to like to move, how was I going to cash flow that? How I was, how was, how I was going to fund that if there was ever an emergency, like I didn't have any of those things figured out. So for me, it just really changing my relationship with money changed, I guess, my self-respect for myself. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That is deep. Changing your relationship with money changed your respect for yourself. Oh my God. (laughs) That no, but that is, you know, money is so complicated. And as human beings, we use it for many things. We use it for justification. We use it to feel better. We use it for flexing. We use it for all these things. A lot of times what we are using the money for doesn't tie into who we are, what we truly want for ourselves or how we see ourselves. It doesn't help Mm -hmm. us build our confidence. So that statement is so powerful for anyone who's listening, who's just in that place where you're trying to like really work on your relationship with money. Mm -hmm. That statement is everything. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, for me now, it's, it's also trying to kind of get that balance back because I think I, I did really go from one extreme to another in terms of like kind of overspending, YOLOing my life away to being really frugal and really strict. And now it's kind of finding that balance where it's okay to spend your money, enjoy your money, spend it on things that make you happy without feeling guilty about it either. Yeah. And like you said, you don't want to be operating on the boundaries of those extremes because both mm-hmm. of them don't help you make progress. Like when you're overspending, yeah. you, you can never save. But when you're you're like in this tight crunch, you don't allow yourself to do anything. Then that also has its own type of issues in the way that you yeah. feel emotionally, the way that it impacts your mindset around abundance. Yes. Big time. Um, so balance is so, so important. Yes. I feel like now I'm on a journey to find that because I feel like if now that I've paid off my debt, it's like you can kind of like, like you can breathe a little bit and sigh so of relief. Yes. <laughs> so this is just the next part of the, of the journey. Yeah. Doesn't it feel so good to know that every time you get a paycheck, all of that money is just yours. Well, not all of it because you pay your bills, but like the most of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't have to pay a credit card company. I don't have to pay a student loan company. It's it all is, mine. <laughs> it is a sexy, sexy feeling. I gotta say. <laughs> so now that you're on this other side and you're working on achieving balance, obviously the temptation yeah. is still there, right? I'm mm-hmm. sure you go on Instagram and you see so many beautiful clothes because you said clothing was your crux. You go on YouTube boxing, unboxing mania, right? Oh yeah. How do you, (laughs) how do you manage the temptation around slipping back into old habits? The main thing is delayed gratification. I think that's the key for me. I think there's just, I really try to consciously create space from the initial want to when I actually buy the thing. So now I've learned to say no to myself 
over these past like couple of years that I've been on this debt repayment journey. And now I kind of am in this position where I can kind of, I can start to say yes a little bit, but I don't want to say yes right away all the time. So if it's a haul, as you mentioned, and there's something that I think is really cute and that suits my style, then it's like, okay, I'll make like a mental note of that, or I'm going to wait like 24 hours or a week or a month and see if I even remember that I want it. So for clothing, that's kind of how I navigate that. But I also really like the idea of just sort of setting like a fun money budget, like whatever it is you want. I kind of learned this from uh, Ramit Asati from I Will Teach You To Be Rich, where it's just Mm -hmm. like you spend on what's important to you, save on what isn't. And if you want to have some like spontaneous spending or spending in that category that that you love, then set like a money pot for that and, and just go for it. Like who cares? <laughs> so I do, I do love that approach of spend on what is meaningful to you and you determine what that is. It could be mm-hmm. a car, it could be a watch, it could be travel, it could be a handbag. That's you, your yeah. decision. And then save on the stuff that is not meaningful. Cause I think we feel the most regrets and the most guilt when we feel that we've wasted money on things that did not matter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like we um, buy nonsense. Yeah. So <laughs> and it's like, what I do? <laughs> I know exactly. So, I mean, yeah. So that's why I definitely, especially with clothes, I still try to make, I still try to try to create distance because I also have been sort of like decluttering and getting rid of a lot mm-hmm. of my stuff because I was just in this state of excess for so long. So I try to personally be really mindful about like what I'm bringing in too, because I want to, I want to use it. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to necessarily regret the purchase either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole idea of delayed gratification is something that I challenge myself with all the time because it's easy to get into the habit of, especially when the packages can arrive at your door in 24 hours after. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of just <laughs> buying something out of convenience, buying something to have, buying something because I have the money, I can buy it. I sometimes will do months where I'm just not shopping. This is a no shopping month because I want to really think about the things that I'm thinking about buying. And I feel like I really struggled last year, which was 2020. And many people did. Um, Oh, yeah. Especially when it came to my kids. I just was in a space where I felt so challenged to see my kids just afraid of what what we didn't know around the pandemic, to see them feeling distressed. And, you know, my husband is in the healthcare field. He was never home always working. And this was before any vaccine was even anywhere on the horizon. Yeah. And I was trying to compensate. And so I was just buying them everything and anything they wanted. Yeah, totally. (laughs) No, I'm like, no, listen, kids, there is a vaccine now. Life has changed. Okay. (laughs) You're not going to get that. Yeah. So I I totally like as things start to, you know, open up again and like, maybe there's some like sense of normalcy coming back, hopefully, you know, that I think there's different ways to like, we're getting ways that we used to spend our time and cope back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, and delayed gratification is I think it's a good exercise for everyone to have. And the reason why it's such a good exercise, especially when you think about the things that you want to purchase, the things you want to do with your money is because you will minimize the regrets because you've given yourself time to think through it. So yes, the thing might be very expensive. The trip might be very expensive because you've given yourself time to process and think through all the pros and cons of it. By the time you take it or decide not to take it, then you will never feel like, wow, I, I regret that I wasted my money or whatever it is, because you've allowed yourself to process through. Yes. So I love that approach. And for folks who are listening to this, who are where you were 
before you discover the lobi, when you are going through that, oh my God, I can't stand this. I need to do something. When you are in that phase, what advice would you give those people who are in those early stages of just wanting to make a change with their spending, with their mindsets, with their finances and their lives overall? Mm-hmm. I would just say that you're worth more than what you're going through right now. Like for me, shopping was a way that I medicated a lot of things and like relieved a lot of anxieties. But I realized that, yeah, momentarily it did. But then later on, it would just be a snowball of stress and anxiety and just energy that I didn't want to be spending because of the choices that I decided to make when I, when I spent that money. And I think realizing that you're worth more than going through that. So I think just getting started and making small, but mighty changes to, to move in the direction that you want. I think that's what I would, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Small, but mighty changes and those small changes add up and taking it day by day, right? Because sometimes we get overwhelmed by the massive journey. Wow, it's going to take me one year to get there, 10 years to get there. But start with today. What can you not do today to help you get closer to your goal for tomorrow? Today, I can decide in the next 24 hours, I'm not going to buy a single thing. It's just 24 Mm -hmm. hours. And then tomorrow I can repeat it and repeat it. Before you know that, before you know it, I've done two weeks of no spending and yep. I've saved all this money I didn't spend. Right. I was watching another lady on YouTube who talked about, she did a video, I forgot what her name is. She did a video on just a challenge. She gave herself over 30 days not to buy the things that she just normally would buy mm-hmm. mindlessly. So like her coffee, her pack of gum at the counter, the lunch at work, you know, there's nothing wrong with spending money on these things, but she wanted to challenge herself to just really see how much was leaving her pockets by spending when she wasn't thinking about spending. And at the end of the one month, she saved something like 265 pounds, which in dollars, let me just convert that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) To 65, which in dollars was around $367. And she was like, wow, this is a lot of money. And she was like, she's not not going to buy those things. She's still going to buy those things. But now she's allowing herself to think through, well, does she really need to buy this particular thing every day or as often as she was buying it, knowing that mm-hmm. she can save a bit more money to put towards travel, to put towards her handbag, to put towards her kids or vacation, whatever it is. So small steps that you're intentional about that can have big impact. That that's huge. And I love that yeah. advice. So thank you so much, Christina. Before I let you go, I asked everyone this question. What is your clever girl superpower? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about this one. I don't really know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's saying no to myself, but saying no now in order to say yes to something that I truly value. So I think we talked a lot about delayed gratification, Mm -hmm. mindful spending in this podcast. So I think that's probably one of the greatest things that I learned is that, yeah, if I'm saying no to this small thing that I really want right now, like what am I saying yes to that may be more important? 
Yeah. And I'll add one to you or for you watching since I watch a lot of your videos and that is (laughs) cultivating discipline. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I like that. You should go back and watch your videos, honestly, (laughs) to just to see the change over time and the growth over time. Like I watched you unpack your closet. Yeah. (laughs) Did I really need to buy buy this Annie Bing t-shirt in? Oh my God. I know. (laughs) Seriously. I just got rid of my last one. No, but the way you execute your videos is just refreshing, talking about, you know, a challenge that you're facing personally, you're opening yourself up to the world and you do it in Mm -hmm. such a way that is just very inspiring. I'm like, what should I go clear out of my own closet? (laughs) I need to do a declutter. (laughs) So thank you for sharing. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, all of Christina's information will be linked in the show notes. But Christina, please tell everyone who's listening how they can find you, how they can watch your videos, um, follow you on Instagram, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. So on YouTube, I just go by my name, Christina Mychas. So M-Y-C-H-A-S. It's a Christina with a C-H. On Instagram, I'm also by the same handle. And now I'm on TikTok. Got to plug all that. I don't really do any of the dancing though. Okay. It's, that's not going to happen. Um, so it's all at Christina um, Machas. Thank you so much, Christina. This has been so great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.